And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Top Dog Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Harris Arena, alongside co-host Dan Kiley. Georgia 2024 SEC schedule reactions are in. Uh, probably not what many were expecting, I, at least for me. I, I, I think the schedules turned out a lot better than I thought they would. I didn't think we'd get as many fireworks. But hey, Greg Sink, you wanted to pull out all the stops in that SEC office in Birmingham. And my God, Dan. Whew, we got another narrative that got crushed. Uh, Georgia ain't playing nobody. Well, we're not going to be hearing that for a long, long time. Dan, I just wanted to share your initial thoughts on the schedule reaction before we deep dive into everything we got here on the show notes today. You know, it was kind of funny when you and I were talking about this uh, the other day. I said I might surprise you that I'm uh, not as enthusiastic maybe as you or some other people might be. It is relevant. It's important because I know a lot of people really do care about it, but the end of the day, you got to play who you got to play. You can, you know, you always say you play who's on your schedule, right? And when people want to say Georgia's got a weak schedule or Georgia's got a great schedule, you know, uh, there's so many factors that go into that. When you schedule the game, was that team any good? And then also the teams that you're playing, like if they're no good, that's their problem, not your problem, right? So I always say you play who you're going to play. Uh, I wasn't like really upset or looking forward to it really and all that you know all that much but then once they kind of came out and you saw them you know obviously i'm a human just like you're a human as far as i know you're not an android or something but um you know you're gonna have a reaction and that's what this is about it's it's all about reactions like obviously some schedules are easier than others and um some are pretty difficult so uh, i'm interested to hear your takes on them and i'm going to give you my takes on them and um let's get to it brother Absolutely. Real quick, for those at home who are living under a rock for the last 24 hours, Georgia's home schedule for SEC opponents only is as follows. Georgia will play Auburn, Mississippi State, and Tennessee at home. They will play Texas, Alabama, Kentucky, and Ole Miss on the road. Obviously, they have a designate, they are the designated home team for the Florida game, uh, which is why they don't have. They have one less home game than they do a road game, uh, much probably to the dismay of Kirby Smart. But hey, Georgia will get a big game on campus in 2024. It is Tennessee. Dan, that, that is the one thing that I was worried about when the leaks started coming out about this what the schedule will look like is, hey, who's Georgia getting at home? Like, are they going to get a, a, a big home game? Because, really, your two biggest games of the season, at least from conference perspective, will be Texas and Alabama, both on the road. Ideally, you'd like one of those teams, you know, to, to come at home, obviously, uh, Texas or Alabama is going to attract a massive crowd. A lot of people are going to be watching those games. It would be another great showing for Athens to put on a show uh, there. But, hey, you get Tennessee at home, in which, Dan, I'm actually getting into this real quick. I'm actually very happy that George is playing Tennessee in 24 because I'm still not able to wrap my head around the idea of what George is going to look like not playing Tennessee and Auburn every year. Well, I mean, you could say that, but we're playing them both in the same year. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, listen, I don't know how it's going to work out. And I'm sure that they're, uh, who is our permanent opponent? Have they said that yet? Florida. Florida's our permanent opponent. And you only get one now? Uh, I believe it's only just one. I mean, that's just kind of like, you know, I, I know that Florida is important or whatever, but Auburn and Georgia is the South's oldest rivalry. It, I mean, it's not a Georgia's oldest rivalry is not Auburn's oldest rivalry. I mean, they are, but it's the South's oldest rivalry. So I think that's going to, and you know, for the longest time until Georgia started to win at such a high level, I mean, like when I was growing up, everybody made the joke that Auburn and uh, Georgia were kissing cousins and you know, like, like we're the same thing basically. Um, 
And, you know, th those two schools paralleled themselves uh, perfectly. So uh, you're right. It's going to be weird not having them on your schedule every single year. But, you know, the, the, I guess my instant reaction to this, Harrison, just looking at it is, you know, if you're only going to play teams every four years, how are they going to balance out the home and away? And why does it always seem like we always, whenever there's a one-off, why do we always have to play Alabama at Alabama? Now, I mean, again, I'm not crying. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying it just always seems that way. I, I mean, the last time I remember Georgia playing Alabama at home was like during the Mark Richt era when we got absolutely shellacked wearing the black jerseys. So maybe we don't want them to come to Athens. Um, but it just always seems like that game is always in Alabama. And, you know, as much as Nick Saban cries, that's not not surprising. Yeah, that's a great question, Rudes. Where's the good home games? Georgia – Georgia gets screwed a lot with the home games. That's just, I mean, that's just a fact. You can print it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whenever they travel on the road somewhere, it feels like, okay, like say Auburn. Auburn on the road, usually, at least recently, you know, whenever Georgia's on the road at Auburn, Auburn's a good team. But whenever Auburn comes to Athens, they get molly whopped because uh, they're not a good team. But I'm looking at the history, Dan, between these two sides, uh, to your point about Alabama and Georgia. Uh, you are correct. They haven't been to Athens since 2015. Georgia has since played them in Tuscaloosa in 2020. But dating back a little bit, Georgia played them. They actually, Alabama came to Athens twice in a row. This has happened before for Georgia. It was in 2008. They were in Athens. And then they came to uh, Athens again in 2015. Uh, so, I mean, this has happened. Georgia's played them twice in a row in Athens. Bama's played Georgia in Tuscaloosa twice in a row. I don't know if that has anything to do with this. I just, I, I don't know how that was determined. My take is... Uh, and I could be completely wrong. I think Texas A&M complaining and demanding that they need to play Texas at Kyle Field has kind of helped screw Georgia out of playing one of those two teams at home because I, I would have certainly loved to see Texas and Athens first year. Not that location matters because Dog Nation's going to travel wherever they are. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think – I don't know. That That's just my that's just my hunch that A&M, you know, whining and saying, well, we want our way – has maybe kind of shafted Georgia in a sense that they don't get two of their biggest games at home. But, hey, at the end of the day, the 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 biggest thing that I like about this new scheduling uh, and, and the proposed format is Georgia's going to play every opponent in the SEC every four years, a four-year rotation. That means in 2028, give or take, Georgia will play Alabama and Texas in Athens. That's awesome. That's going to be entertaining as heck. And, Dan, another reaction that I kind of have, which, you know, is probably going to change as this goes on. It's, it's that new factor. It's like, oh, my God, this is so great. Is, Dan, I look at this schedule, this in-conference perspective schedule, and every single one of these games, to me, is something you can get up for. There is no Vanderbilt. There is no Missouri on the road. You know, every game just has that, like, just a little something to it. And now that can obviously change because Florida can suck. Mississippi State can suck. Although I I don't think anybody will have trouble getting up for a Florida game. That's always fun. Even even when they have sucked or Georgia sucked, people still go. People have fun in those games. But, hey, Mississippi, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, out of the current West teams, two West teams, if you're not going to give me LSU and Alabama, I want Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I, Dan, it doesn't feel like there's a trap game on this schedule in conference perspective. You know, I, I I do think it is a little bit funny when you look at it uh, from that perspective. You talk about 
there's not a trap game, and I agree with you there. But, you know, one of the biggest issues with going to this conference schedule um, that everybody was fussing about was that every year Georgia's going to lose a home – or, you know, every other year Georgia's going to lose a home game. And by God, do they not get it the very first year where we lose the home game. So we really only have three home games. Everybody else has four. And, you know, that's the – that is the issue with playing – in, in Jacksonville is that 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 game is you know and with that being our permanent opponent like nobody else has that like no other team has that where one of their biggest games of the year is a neutral site game I mean uh, I guess well I mean is um Texas and Oklahoma they don't play the Red River rivalry anymore right they don't play it um it uh they, they still play in the Cotton Bowl do they okay yeah. so then yeah then they 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 lose a game too so uh and th- this particular year uh, that would be Oklahoma that loses a home game. So okay, I, I guess I, I stand corrected. Um, but it's you know it's only those two. You look at everybody else. I mean Alabama plays their biggest rivals at home. To Smart's credit, to Kirby's credit, uh, LSU plays their biggest rival at home. You know home and away year to year. And Dan, remind me because I know we talked about it heading into the Georgia Florida week. You've been to Jacksonville. What is your stance on all of this? Do you have a stance on the Georgia Florida game? And it's future. Well, I mean, I did. I went while I was in college and it was a hell of a time. I mean, like I, I've heard it is very different than from when I went. I mean, I went in 2003. Um, it was the year that David Green and DJ Shockley were kind of going back and forth. DJ, you know, it, it was getting plays and uh, they subbed in DJ Shockley to play for uh, David Green and he threw a pick six Alito Shepard and we lost the game because of that. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's all DJ's fault, but it was DJ's fault. Um, <laughs> and I was drunker than hell. And but you know, it, it's a great time. Like for a fan, it's a great time. Um, but now that I'm older, like that's not really something that interests me. Um, driving that far for that game, I guess I, I don't know the um, the prestige of it. I guess or the um, the new, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but the the something about it is just not it's not there anymore. Like I mystique maybe I, of you know, and it was a much bigger deal when I was younger. Um, it's not that big of a deal anymore. I don't know why. I mean, um, yeah, Rude's is 100 right. Jacksonville's miserable for tra- uh, traveling, and like I remember being down there, and like the only real um, thing to do was go to the um, oh hell, it was like a mall. But the mall was shaped like a horseshoe. And, you know, you just, they had like live music and stuff like that. And I just remember about halfway through it, this drunk dude fell off the top railing and landed on me and my buddy Trey. And we spilled beer all over the place. And then Trey whipped his tail and just started fighting him. And then the cops came and I was like, oh, wait, this is, this is not how I envisioned this night ending. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was great. Like I said, I went one time and that was enough for me. Like, you know, I had a chance to go a couple more times and every single time I just, I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to spend the money. It wasn't worth it to me. Um, but I know there are so many Georgia fans that love it, love it, love it, love it. You know, uh, Amelia Island is close and a lot of people go down to Amelia Island and, uh, we actually vacationed with my, my mom down at Amelia Island, uh, have the last couple of years and, uh, we love it down there. Uh, it's really, really nice, and, and it makes a lot of sense. And there is uh, it is Georgia country, my God, uh, down there at Amelia Island. And, and people um, – I've always heard that during that weekend, that's a really fun place to be. I haven't been in Amelia Island during that weekend, but uh, I heard it's an amazing place to be. But 
Um, you know, the one thing I will tell you is that the Florida fans, you can't find them during the day. You can't find them before that game is played. But by God, if you lose, yeah, by God, if you lose, they come out of the woodworks, brother. And they are not afraid to tell you to take your ass back up to, you know, take I-10 and all those other highways and get your ass out of Jacksonville. And uh, it's not like that song, uh, Corey Smith's song, um, you know, that long ride back from Jacksonville in a game we should have won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of Georgia fans that can commiserate with that. But I I mean, I get it. Uh, a lot of people absolutely love it. For me, it's just not a big thing. And I wonder if that has something to do with maybe Florida just being down for as long as they have been. I, I mean, when was the last – I mean, they had a great season in – was it 19? Two years ago. Not, yeah, 19 or – no, it was 20. Yeah, 20. Um, yeah. You're right. 2020, they had a great season. Did well. They beat Georgia for the first time under Dan Mullen. The only time under Dan Mullen. Uh, and, like, hey, it felt like Florida was on the verge of maybe being back to national promise. But ever since then, they haven't done nothing. Uh, they really haven't been, you know, on national promise before that, dating back to the late 2010s, um, early 2010s, I should say, when Urban Meyer was there. Uh, Will Muschamp didn't work out down there. Uh, as everyone knows, he's on staff at Georgia now. But, yeah, may maybe that has something to do with the fluctuating of, of the Georgia-Florida rivalry um, with Georgia being good, Florida being bad, Florida being good, Georgia being bad or average, as everybody would say. Uh, but, Dan – Kind of, kind of looking at this from another perspective is, you know, there's been this long narrative that Georgia don't play nobody. I saw it on Twitter yesterday. I've seen it on Twitter today. You know, everyone's saying y'all won two national championships without playing anybody. And I'm sitting here thinking, damn, I'm losing brain cells because this isn't the 1960s anymore. This isn't where if I go undefeated, I can claim a national championship, you know? This isn't – despite what UCF thinks, despite that, you earn your championship. You have to play in the playoffs. You play two extra games a year in the playoffs to determine the national champion. We created the BCS to crown a national champion because we were tired of Joe Blow's magazine being able to name another champion and somebody else being able to name another champion. All of these disputed champions, we made the BCS to do that for us, top two teams play. Then we made the playoffs when we got tired of that. Four-team playoff. The top four teams in the country, quote-unquote, play to determine a national champion. Georgia has won four games, two championships. I, I, I don't know why this keeps coming up. I get it. The regular season schedule on paper has not been great. Hasn't been great on paper. But the game isn't played on paper, Dan. It's not played on paper. There's been tons of times in the past two years, Arkansas game, on paper, preseason talk, mm -mm, nobody's interested. Georgia's going to run through them. But when that game came around, by God, that game was correct. That, that was a meaningful game. Yeah, Georgia blew them out. Georgia won. But Arkansas was a ranked team. I, I don't get it, Dan. Well, it's just it's lazy. And, uh, you know, like you talk about instant reactions – um, I, I noticed that the instant reaction from everybody who's not a Georgia fan is, oh, ha, Georgia actually has to play somebody now. It's like, well, yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I'll tell you this much. Freaking Texas fans better not say nothing. 
about a week as scheduled because like their schedule is terrible. I mean, they got Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Mississippi State at home. And now if Texas is supposed to be a good team, right? I mean, let's just play on that theory that they're supposed to be a good team. The only game that they could lose out of that game would be Georgia, right? And then on the road, they got Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt. They should be able to walk through that schedule. Oklahoma is not what Oklahoma has been. Now, granted, like you said, that you know, because you're a closet Texas fan, is that you, uh, you know, that the Oklahoma game could go either way because it's a robbery, and then the Texas A&M game could go either way because it's a robbery. I got you. I understand that they're both on the road. That makes it a little bit more difficult. But their home schedule, uh, other than Georgia, is pretty easy. It's pretty favorable. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. And then you know, you look at. Uh, well, I mean, like you said, South Carolina might have an easy schedule. I don't think so. Uh, they could lose to LSU. They could lose to Ole Miss at home. Uh, they could lose to Texas A&M at home. They could lose to Alabama on the road. They will lose to Alabama on the road. They could lose uh, to Oklahoma. So, um, I mean, that's still a four-loss schedule, possibly, maybe five-loss schedule. So, uh, you know, and that's just that's just their, you know, SEC schedule. So, um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt doesn't have a real daunting schedule. They got Alabama, Tennessee, Texas at home. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they did a pretty good job of spreading out. Um, like you see, you know, I, I think Oklahoma's probably got the hardest schedule. It's my opinion. Uh, Oklahoma's got Alabama at home. They could lose that game. South Carolina, they should win that game. Texas and Tennessee, both at home. Uh, granted, they're at home, but those are really good football teams. And on the road, they got Auburn which we don't know which Auburn's going to show up. It could be a good Auburn. It could be a bad Auburn. LSU is going to be good every single year. They always are. Ole Miss, you never know which Ole Miss you're going to get. And then Missouri, their road schedule's not that bad. I mean, really, LSU is the only one that jumps out at you like, hmm. But home, that's a loaded home schedule, buddy. And, and, you know, I know you want your biggest games at home, but, man, that's a hell of a lot of talent coming in to Oklahoma. Um and like I said, I think they did a pretty decent job of spreading it around. I, my only real gripe, and I think you agree with me on this, well, I know you do because you just said it a few minutes ago, is that Georgia just doesn't have a marquee home game. Unless Tennessee is, you know, really biting on our heels, then that game becomes explosive. Uh, and you can't count Florida because that game's not at home, right? I mean, if that game is at home, the, the, the schedule doesn't look that bad. And then, you know, Auburn's going to – but you're – Going back to your overall point, and this is why I like, I'm trying to complain about their home schedule, but at the end of the day, you get Auburn, which is a big-name team, uh, Mississippi State, which is not – I mean, they're okay. And then you get Tennessee at home. So you get names. Um, you know, you get names at home. So I, if you looked at our schedule last couple of years, it's like Arkansas at home, Vanderbilt at home, Missouri at home, Kentucky at home. And that's your home schedule. And you're like, boo. I don't want we never play Vanderbilt on the road. We always are at home when we play Vanderbilt. Oh, but you know what I'm saying? That that would be uh, yeah. like your home schedule. And, and like none of those games are intriguing. Like I don't care about any of those games. But when you say, hey, listen, do you want to go to the Georgia-Auburn game this weekend? I'm, yeah, I'll go. Hey, do you want to go see him play Tennessee this weekend? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, do you want to go see Mississippi State? Yeah, I'll, I'll go watch that game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like none of them are like, no, I, I will sit at home and just fall asleep at halftime. You know, Um so it's not bad. I think it's a in, inevitable or not uh, not inevitable. Uh, Unenvying. I don't know. Like the envy. Like I don't envy the person who has to make. And I can't say that word. I don't know why. I just it just it's not. Coming you got it right. You got it right. Envy. You got it right. No, but anyway, uh, the whole point is whoever had to come up and put this together. Um, I don't envy that person because it's not easy. 
Um, making schedules are not easy. If you've ever had to do it before, uh, I have to put basketball schedules and stuff together. Um, it is not an easy thing to do, and you're going to piss somebody off. At the end of the day, somebody's pissed off, and then everybody's pissed off about somebody else. Uh, their schedule is way too easy. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, I just hope that Georgia doesn't continually get screwed uh, with all of their really big games on the road. Uh, you would think it would even out at some point. Um, at least, hell, the way I look at it, at least we don't have Alabama, LSU, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, uh, you know, all, all on the schedule the same year. It's like, you know, so uh, we'll be all right. I mean, I put on – this is why I hate Twitter. Oh, my God. I mean, this is a, a, a tangent, but I just freaking hate Twitter. Jonathan posted a video talking about we got Texas and um, Alabama on the road, and I put, damn, time to strap up. And somebody's like, basically, you know, we ain't scared of nobody or whatever. I'm like, where the hell did I say I was scared of anybody? I, I just said it's time to strap up. And if, I mean, if you've ever played football, when I tell you to strap them up tight, it means it's time to go hit somebody, right? I mean, hello, my people. Like, if I tell you to strap up, does that mean we're scared and we're going to go run? I mean, I hate, like, bro, like, this is another dog fan, so I didn't, like, go at him hard, but... I'm like, damn, ain't nobody say nothing about being scared. Says it's time to strap up and go bust some heads. So I don't know. Um, yeah, you can get me off the solo screen. I, 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 it's not a real rant. I just, I mean, damn. Like people hey, always man, looking it, to start every, shit. Every segment has to feel important. And it is. <sighs> we get a Dan rant part one. I'm actually, we're really excited for Dan rant part two. Dan wanted to do this yesterday. Uh, has some scheduling conflicts come up yesterday. And Dan, hey. Happy birthday to your boy, Dan. I I, I don't know. I happy happy early birthday to yeah, him. Early birthday. Um, early birthday, Dan. Yeah. I, I told Dan yesterday, I'm like, Dan, the people don't care when you miss a show to be with family, dude. They don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. They want you to be with your family. Zach was late for the show to help his grandpa, uh, to help his grandpa out with uh get the bush hog off his tractor. Excellent reason to be late, as Ruth says. Help the family out when you can, be with family when you can, guys. Uh, that's the end of the day. Stop the talk is your second family away from home. Uh, but hey, come be with us when you can. Uh, same thing for Dan and I. We will be with you when we can. Uh, Dan, to kind of go off your point, I saw a hot take today and got me thinking. I want your take on it before we get to your rant, before we take us home with Dan's rant of the week. They're saying, I've I seen a take. It was 247 Sports. That's where I saw it. I uh, wrote an article about their, you know, their schedule takeaways for each team. They think Auburn's schedule lends them to being a dark horse to being an eight-win, nine-win team. And you look at it, okay, you have two losses, Alabama, Georgia. Like, okay, on the road, you're going to lose those two games most likely. You play Oklahoma, you play AM. AM to me, depending on what those teams are, is a toss-up. AM has more talent, but, you know, you, you, you don't know where Auburn's going to be in year two under Hugh Freeze. What do you say, Dan? Because I, I look at that schedule, and I'm – I mean – I, I may it may be stupid of me to chalk up Alabama as a loss because you know the Iron Bowl. There's been some really great moments in that game that make me think, hey, if this was Gustav Malzahn, I wouldn't say that. Uh, shit, even with Hugh Freeze, I don't know if I want to say that. But Dan, what do you think about that take? Uh, listen, with with Auburn, my concern for Auburn is figure out who the hell you are before you start worrying about like trying to run the table and all that other stuff because. 
And, and you know, and I, I know I'm in the minority in this because you know I've had this conversation a little bit, and you don't think Oklahoma is going to bounce back. You don't think Venables is going to be a very long-term candidate there, at Oklahoma. And you may be 100% right. You may be right, and I may be wrong. Um, but our, you know, Oklahoma is just one of those programs that don't go dormant. Like they just don't or, or haven't, they haven't. Okay. So, um, you know, they've got a lot of things right now. Maybe they got Venables wrong. Uh, I just don't see them going dormant. Um, so I, you know, I, I have a very hard time ever looking at a schedule with Oklahoma on it and chalking that up as an L for Oklahoma. Like I, even, you know, I, I, I know when we played, um, Oklahoma, you know, and we, we could have lost to them. Right. And, you know, a lot of people want to talk trash about Oklahoma, but man, Oklahoma was a really good football team that year and they're going to be a good time all of all the time. Like, I, I don't know, like Arkansas. Yeah. Is that a game that they should win? Absolutely. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas A&M on the home side. Uh, I, I question both of them. Uh, Vanderbilt, they should be able to take care of business on the road. You got Alabama, Georgia, uh, if everything is the way it's supposed to be, those should be losses. Now, Kentucky and Missouri on the road, those should be easy wins. But, you, you know, you can circle four games on the eight-game schedule that theoretically it's not – or not theoretically, but, like, it's not without – it's not crazy to say they lose all four of those games. So, but, you know. But the, the point was, like, they're going to win they, – they're a dark horse. I mean, they may – you know, they can win eight, nine games in year two. And you look at their out-of-conference schedule to add on to that, they got UMass, California, and Sanford. Or wait, <laughs> sorry, wrong year. Um, that's this year. But why are we not getting on Auburn? Why are people not on them? Just because they're not good? That's a ter- – yeah, I mean, they pe- have California. People um, don't care. 24 – is this – yeah, it's 24. California, New Mexico, and uh, Louisiana Monroe. That's their away schedule. That's – Three, that should be three wins. California and Jordan Hare should be three wins right there. And if you have four games, you lose in the SEC, and you go perfect the rest of the way, that chalks it up. I mean, that that perfectly chalks it up to eight, you know, an eight nine win season, depending on how you do. In the well, world. you know, this is the way I look at it. Auburn, put me, uh, isolate me right here. I just, I want to speak to the Auburn fans. I just want to speak to you from the depth of my soul, Auburn. I hope you're happy with your eight wins. Okay. I, I hope that's the the pinnacle of your career and your program. If that's what you want to strive to is be an eight-win program, I, I salute you, and I hope you enjoy them. So uh, go ahead and, and and just be excited for your eight wins. Hey, Dan, Dan, Dan out here giving messages to the uh, to his fellow Americans out in there in Auburn country. Dan, let's get into Dan's rant of the week. Uh, that about covers it. Yes, he scheduled reactions. We, will do, we, we had recruiting, but I'm still trying to power over uh, settings real quick because I don't want to be on here uh, losing my voice. But, Dan, your rant of the week is a hot topic. Very, very hot topic. So I'm going to let you take it away. All right, so my rant of the week, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about this guy except for what I've learned in the past, I don't know, 72 hours. And it's Baby Gronk's dad. It's not Baby Gronk. It's Baby Gronk's dad. It's this cat, uh, and, you know, here's the thing is if you're around you sports long enough, he's not the only one. There are a bunch of, like, there's this, um, there's this page on Facebook you can get on is Gwinnett sports, uh, sports, whatever, Gwinnett sports talk or whatever. And it's, uh, like GFL sports talk. So it's, 
it's all the parents of people whose kids play in the GFL. And there are at least 10 to 12 uh, baby Gronk dads in that group where it's all about their kid. They're posting highlight videos of their kid every single week. It's like, bro, ain't nobody asked for that. Nobody wants to see it. Um, my biggest take is that the kid may be a good football player, but he's not a great football player. They're talking about he's the best fourth grader in the entire world. It's like, I don't know where you're from, um, but come down here to the GFL. Come down here to Gwinnett County. Come play uh, down here because I want to see that kid playing against other kids who are just as good as he is. Because I told Harrison on the phone yesterday, you can come down to the GFL. I will take you to a fourth, fifth grade game, and you'll see 10 kids in a weekend that are just as good, if not better, than baby Gronk. Like his dad is living in a fairy tale world where his he's isolated, and he's probably the best player on his team and probably the best player in his league. But he's not the best player in the country. And if you look at these other kids, I mean, I, I am I, I have seen some kids that are on freaking believable play in the GFL. Uh, I mean, it, it, you're right. He is grooming him in a bad way. And, and the, the one that caked it for me, that put it, the cherry on the top, was when Harrison sent me the video of that podcast that he did where he was stopping the podcaster over and over again and then telling the son what to say. This is what, hey, say, hey, ask him again, say this, ask him again, say this. And he was telling them some ridiculous shit. Like, I would never have my son speaking that way, ever. And you can say, well, your son's not Baby Gronk because Baby Gronk's a superstar. Well, hey, I'm just like every other dad in the world. I want my son to be successful. I want my son to be great. You know, in the back of my mind, I feel like if he works hard enough, he could be great. He absolutely could be great. And I hope that one day he's the next Tom Brady. And I hate Tom Brady, but that's besides the point. Um, but you get my point. I, I want him to be the best quarterback in the world. And is he that now? No. But does he have talent? Yes. Uh, am I out here making videos for him? Yeah. Like I put videos up for him so that like hopefully he gets seen recruiting wise, you know, tag people and whatever. Um, but like just I mean, like I don't have any problem with that. Like in today's culture, you have to publicize your kid. If you want the attention, you have to publicize your kid. But there is a really good way to do it, a healthy way to do it. And then there is the baby Gronk's dad way to do it. And that's just the wrong way. Now, you can, a lot of people are pointing to LeVar Ball, right? LeVar Ball's kids were absolutely legit, and they were playing the best talent. He was flying them. on. That's unhealthy, too. But at the same time, at least they were traveling trying to find the best talent to play. So, like, you can make the argument that, you know, like he, his sons were competing against the very best that the world had to offer and they were being successful. And, you know, it's hard to say that LeVar Ball did it wrong because all three of his kids got drafted and like, you know, are in the NBA. So go ahead. Real quick though. There's a difference here. All the ball kids have, I mean, they're basically finished products as in terms of growth, as in terms of they've already gone through puberty we already know what they look like. Baby Gronk is what? Maybe five foot flat, if that. He's in fifth grade. Like fourth grade. Fourth grade. There is a long way to go before he even talks about playing high school football. We saw all the ball kids in high school. Well, that that's that's my point, Harrison. You made my point for me, and thank you so much for doing that. Is that it's I always call it the sperm lottery. And you you can laugh at that or whatever. It's like some of these kids are born bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else. But once puberty hits, then genetics take over. 
So what your mom and dad look like have a lot to do with what you're going to look like. And if you like, I see all these, these fat moms that are like four foot five, 400 pounds. And talking about, oh, my baby, my baby going to run the world. My baby going to be the best player ever. And I'm like, no, you're like five foot tall. And the husband is like five, six. It's like your son is five, six in fourth grade. Guess what he's not going to be? Six, five. And then it happens every time. And it plays out year after year where all of these kids that were so much ahead of everybody else in youth ball, once they get to eighth, ninth grade, and then they get into high school, you never hear those kids again. I mean, if I look at the varsity team at the high school right now, most of those kids were D2 kids in eighth grade or didn't play at all in rec ball. Uh, You have very few, like probably three or four that I could point to that were stars all the way through the GFL into high school. Caleb Downs, one of one, right? That guy was a star from the first time I saw him to the time he left Mill Creek. Um, there's another kid that plays on my son's team who I love to death. His name is Luke Metz. He was bigger, faster, and stronger. Guess what? In high school, still bigger, faster, stronger. That kid hits like a freaking Mack truck. I promise you, if Baby Gronk would have hit Luke Metz when Luke Metz was in fourth grade, he would have laid Baby Gronk's ass out. No questions in my mind. Um you know, there, you know, like uh, there's just a lot of them, but most of them don't grow and uh, genetics take over. And that's the one thing I always told my son, um, you know, there was, a, you know, early on really successful, kind of in the middle, everybody blew past him. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Once you get to high school, things are going to happen for you because I'm six, five and, you know, so-and-so's dad is five, seven. So, and then, you know, once we got into high school, Cannon shot right up. These other kids are still small. So, uh, you know, it's it's across the board. It's everywhere. There's Baby Gronk's dads everywhere. But this guy's absolutely a joke. He's clown central. Uh, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys are old enough to know who Bozo the Clown is. I wish you were. I hope somebody gets that reference. But, I mean, his daddy needs that big red nose on uh, on those talk shows. And, you know, it's funny because he went after Taylor Lewan and Will Compton. A lot of these uh, uh, NFL guys try to get on their show, and they're like, bro, we are not having you on our show. Absolutely not. You know, praise Will Compton. Will Compton's out here calling this man out, and I'm loving it. Will Compton pulls no punches. I can't say half the stuff I want to say because Harrison, um, he censors me, uh, which is probably good for my own being. But, um, you know, like Will Compton is not censoring, and Taylor Lewan is like, this guy's a joke. So Taylor Lewan's like, I'd knock your ass out. And I love that energy. But, um, you know, it's, it's just a shame because – I think the kid's probably a good kid and he wants to have fun and he wants, yeah, I mean, this is in a much bigger argument for a later time is that these kids aren't allowed to enjoy youth sports anymore. And um, that's, that's the part that uh, really, really hurts my feelings or, or hurts my soul is that kids are not allowed to enjoy youth sports anymore. It's become way too much too fast. And um, you know, I, I hope I uh, expressed my sentiments on this um, uh, clearly uh, I don't have hate for the kid, although I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. But then again, we don't honestly know what he thinks because his dad uh, is his mouthpiece and speaks for him and then tells him what to say. So, you know, I, I don't know what the honest opinion of the kid is, but um, I know the dad's a freaking clown and I would call him that to his face. And you're like, oh, you wouldn't call it. Yes, I would. I'm twice his size. I would not have a problem doing that. So anyway, that's that's what I would say. Dance run of the week. You got Dan's take on Baby Gronk. And yeah, I 
I, I texted Dan the, the interview uh, with the podcast and the dad. I told Dan in text, I was sitting there fuming as a podcast host. If we ever had somebody on this show that made us redo questions to get the answer right, oh, within two or three attempts, I would say, nope, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm cutting this off. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to feed into this. I'm just not. I, I lost patience watching it over and over. Nope, nope. Redo that, bro. Redo that. Say this. I, I, I can't do it. Couldn't watch it. I ended up watching, powered on through it all. But I'm sitting there. And I'm like, man, I wish that podcast host just said, nope, we're done. I'm going to expose you. You know, this is fake. Boom. We're just going to leave. Uh, yeah, that's I, so I was going to say, uh, piggybacking off of what you just said, at first I was angry at the podcast, like, why are you playing into this? And then I realized that they were going along with it because they were going to play the whole thing to show what a freaking joke this guy is. I hope that's what they meant to do because that, like, that's the way I took it after I kind of like marinated on it for a second. At first I was like, you know, come on. But then I was like, wait a minute, they played this whole thing for a reason. And it's to show what a clown this guy is. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's I, I feel bad for the kid, to be honest. I, where's the mom at? Like, Allison would never let me do that shit, ever. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I have a good, healthy relationship at home. Um, but if I did some nonsense like that on a podcast when I got home, my wife would be waiting at the front door with a bat to beat me upside the head for embarrassing her son. So, you know, that's why I wouldn't do it. I mean, that, you know, I don't know. That's just me. Guys, that's going to wrap it up for episode 89 of the Taco Talk podcast. You got schedule reactions. Next week, uh, we may have we ha- we have an announcement to make. Uh, future guests, I got to run it by Dan, but I am lining something up. I got to run it by Dan. Uh, see what we want to do. We are going to talk Georgia recruiting next week. That is on the schedule for next week already. Starting to plan that out in my head. Oh. Dan's going to come with a new rant, and we're going to have hot topics back. I wanted to get this uh, schedule reactions in there uh, right away to get that to y'all. So hey, if you missed the beginning of the show, part of the show, go back to the beginning. We talked schedule reactions for about 20 minutes. Uh, talk Georgia, talk Florida, talk Auburn, talk just about everything. So go check that out well, if you miss it. Guys. I have a question for everybody. Is If anybody's here or if you're listening later, uh, you can text me or you can text Harrison or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, but, like, what would your reaction be about having some young athletes on here, whether it be high school guys getting recruited, maybe not necessarily by Georgia, but to hear about their recruiting experience, or uh, even in another circumstance, having a, another young person, high school kid who wants to get into media come on here and hear their take, uh, maybe hear a take from somebody who's living amongst these people being recruited. So, um, you know, I, I would love to hear what you guys have to say as far as having some younger voices come on. Um, you know, would you be receptive to that or, you know, or would that be annoying? So, uh, you know, hit us up. Let us know some feedback. What do you want to hear? Because we're here for you guys. Without you guys, there's no point. We're just talking to ourselves, which we probably do that anyway. Um, but, you yeah, know, we want to hear what you want to do. Uh, Dan, real quick, I did put a poll in there uh, on YouTube. 60% of our viewers were not happy with Georgia's schedule. Only 40% were. So interesting there. I, I guess that kind of mimics what I've seen on Twitter. I, I, I think it's kind of 60-40. People aren't happy. Uh, probably most likely due to having to play Alabama and Tuscaloosa twice in a row, uh, which I totally understand. Uh, but either way, when you play out, Al- you know, like like they said, like the old saying goes, if you want to be the guy, you have to beat the guy. And Woo! Georgia has to beat Alabama 
whether it's on the road, whether it's at home or neutral site, that does not take away from the fact you have to beat them. And with, you know, no divisions, really just going off best record, that's a must-win game as, as much as it has been. Georgia can't lose that game and afford to maybe lose another game to somebody they shouldn't in the East, uh, in the quote on East, and still go to the SC Championship. That's no more. You you don't have room to mess up as much anymore because it's going by best record. So if there's two Western Division teams that are undefeated, well, both of them are going to go play in the SEC Championship over a Georgia team that may have one or two losses. So it is a must win wherever that, you know, wherever that game is. So Zach says, I was happy with it. Georgia versus the world. Let's go. Uh, I think Strap it up, agrees. boys. <laughs> so, guys, hey, we'll be back next Wednesday, 730, here on the Top Dog Talk podcast. Hey, make sure to go like and subscribe. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Dan Kiley at DanKiley3. Go interact with them. Trying to build this channel up. Trying to get some uh, Trying to get some more top dogs here in the mix here. Guys, that's going to wrap it up. Make sure to like and subscribe. Rate and review the podcast. We got some rate reviews, Dan. All five stars, 100% five stars out of the people that have rated and reviewed this show. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you next week.